Hello and welcome to episode 180 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of Marvel Studios and streaming on Disney Plus, season one, episode one and two of WandaVision. Episode one, filmed before a live studio audience, where Wanda and the Vision struggle to conceal their powers during dinner with the Vision's boss and his wife. Episode two, Don't Touch That Dial, in an effort to fit in, Wanda and Vision perform a magic act at their community town center. I'm sorry, community talent show. Uh, so this is your spoiler alert for the first two episodes of Wanda Vision, uh, currently streaming on Disney Plus. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. And uh, uh, we have a special guest. You know him from some of our Secret Wars recaps uh, with the tenth. Uh, I'm sorry, the twelfth uh, issue to to soon be uh, recapped at the finish set off. But we, we're we're joined by Mr. Joe Deggs. Thank you for having me. No problem. So let's do the uh, let's let's start off with Noah like we normally do. Uh, Noah, initial thoughts after seeing two episodes of WandaVision. Um, I'm I'm really liking this. Uh, what Disney Plus is doing with the Marvel movies now, at least if this is sort of what we're supposed to, you know, this is a feel for what we're going to be getting in the future for like, you know, Marvel content and on TV. Um, I was a big fan of like what they did on Netflix, even though Netflix was kind of standard. Mm-hmm. And I think comics as an influence can be so much more than just like linear storytelling and stuff. So I liked how this used, of course, the medium of television to tell a really cool and interesting story, but also it felt like uh, something you'd get from like Mr. Miracle, like by Tom King mm-hmm. or, um, or basically anything from Tom King, which, or like something that like Jeff Lemire would write. Um, it felt very comic book in its execution, as well as like just being a really good TV show. Um, I'm also a really big fan of sort of like surreal TV shows like um, Legion and Maniac. And um, so like any show where it's sort of like, you're always questioning what's real and what's not real is, are like are always up there for me so I'm, I'm very excited i'm very uh, i'm very pleased with what we've gotten so far and i'm just i'm just excited for what's going to come next very cool and joe as somebody who is a uh a comics fan but not necessarily a current sort of wednesday warrior but uh knows knows a lot about marvel and you know enjoys the movies what are what are your thoughts on these first two episodes it's kind of funny because i do think it was like uh somewhat risky um, I think about it, like really no real action, no, not a traditional fight scene, nothing really that would would speak to like any traditional, even uh, uh, like, you know, uh, um, like, uh, like no a reference, like the the Daredevil and the, and the, and the Power yeah. Man from, from Netflix, nothing like that, right? Just kind of, like you said, more of a uh, symbol, symbolic story, a lot of buildup. Um, but again, like, you know, I said, I kind of looking forward to see where it's going. I do think like, I, I was like, I try to compare it to like Commando and that first episode that that Star Wars launched, right? The first like uh, Disney Plus show and how that was like action packed and like yeah. three three fight scenes in the first one where this had nothing like that. But like Marvel kind of has that clout too, right? They have a captive audience. They can uh, they can afford to take a risk with something like this and have something that's like you know <laughs> kind of bizarre, like a lot of questions. And like for you know for a casual fan, it might be like, what's going on? You know, that, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah. 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 Um, I obviously am enjoying it as well. I think it's an interesting choice. I don't know if it was sort of like production that this was the first Disney Plus that we got, or if it's maybe a way to sort of ease um, anybody who's uh, using the streaming service um, to, to come into this. Because, you know, a lot of those, you know, Marvel movies are rated PG-13, um, you know, so it's got comic book violence, but this way they're able to sort of maybe ease into it a little bit. Do you, do you think maybe yeah. that was a factor in their decision? Yeah, I think so. I think because like, funny thing was, is that my my mom took watched these before I did. <laughs> and she's sort of like a casual viewer, but like she's a woman in her 60s. So she's not like really keeping up with the Marvel films. And neither is my dad really, but they watched it on like when they first came out on Disney Plus, not knowing what it was. And loved it you know like they they thought that it was an old tv show and they were totally introduced into it and um i've been talking with my my older sister who can could who could care who couldn't care less about the marvel movies and superhero films in general 
and she's super excited to watch it because she knows it's not going to be the typical superhero fair. It's going to be something a little more cerebral, a little more character driven. Um, and I think as far as these two episodes go, uh, pretty easy to get into. You know, you don't really have to have a, a wide knowledge of what's happened in the Marvel films so far because they're, they're doing a good job of just making something new. Yeah. Joe, yeah, are Joe, you, what are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah. And, and I want to ask Joe with more with his thought. Are you watching this with your, with your boys, Joe? So it's funny that you mentioned that because um, my wife is a pretty big fan of the Marvel movies. And I said, this is coming out. And she's like, I'm into it. I'm like, okay, but that's the case. We're watching Friday nights, no matter what. And she nice. said, well, she's like, well, I really can't guarantee that, you know, Friday nights is this and that. I'm like, I'm like, then you're out. You watch, <laughs> I'm going to watch, I'm watching it Friday nights. You do what you got to do. So the, the, the answer is I'm watching it by myself. <laughs> okay. And, and you're enjoying it, right? I am enjoying it. Um, again, I, I don't know if a casual fan would enjoy it, to be honest with you. But again, to that point, Marvel has some clout. I will say this, though, too. As far as like being like a little bit of a comedic, a comedy parody of the 1950s, like I Love Lucy's, it's pretty well done. Like it's, it's pretty funny. Oh, how yeah. they, like the, you know, the jokes and how they kind of reference those like, you know, those, those lack of, you know, 50s type shows, I Love Lucy or the Honeymooners type thing. I love the raunchy humor that they sneak in there, like the innuendos. It's like uh, the, the, the first two episodes are full of those and they're hilarious. Um, it's just, uh, I, I grew up on like the reruns of those shows so like I know that non- nothing like this would ever get past censors at the time. Mm-hmm. So having that like bit of tongue in cheek, uh, like pretending to be 1950s humor, but but instead being like incredibly dirty, um, is just like right up my alley. Um, it's it's so funny, um, and uh, I love um, Catherine Hahn, uh, the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just like. I, I love her and just anything that she's in so that she's here and like her, her form of humor fits this perfectly. Awesome. So let's turn our attention to, to episode one where we're sort of just dropped into everything. Um, and we just are in this town, this scenario with, with Viv, I'm sorry, not with, with, with Wanda and uh, in the vision. Um, you know, like I said, we're just sort of dropped into this with almost the same amount of knowledge that the that the two main characters have. We, we kind of are clued yeah. into that later on. So we're sort of on this journey with them. Um, uh, Noah, what did you think about how they, they, they sort of started uh, episode one? That's a really great, and I love that observation that you made, how you framed that question, that, that sort of like jumping on point as putting the audience in the, in the character's you know, like mindset, you know, like you're, we're along on this ride with the characters, you know, and that's, that's pretty great. Um, it's very uh, Christopher Nolan-esque, you know, where it's like, you know, it's very visceral, it drops you in, but at the same time, it gives you enough familiarity with the sort of like typical, you know, uh, 50s sitcom vibes that you don't feel completely like um, ungrounded, you know, mm-hmm. like you have that nice safety net there with something familiar and formulaic and then they can sort of pepper in these weird um these weird mysterious things throughout the episode and that will intrigue you and make you want to keep watching so i yeah i really like that but what are your guys' thoughts joe do you want to go i mean i just i kind of the piggyback on what noah said like you said the the, the mysteries that are lied within it's almost like which i kind of like and maybe being a marvel nerd it almost is like an easter egg hunt like this show. yes like every show you have where you find the Easter eggs and the references, this is like, hey, part of the show is for you to look for these Easter eggs, find yeah. them, use like old Marvel knowledge, old lore, and see where it leads. And look, I caught a couple of them, meant not to spoil, then I found some online just reading about it. But I think that's even unique to the show as well, where it's like, hey, Marvel fans, you like your Easter eggs? Here's a, you know, here's a, here's an egg scattered throughout and go find it. Yeah, here's a whole show that's based that, that that'll keep you engaged and looking for those Easter eggs. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the big sort of uh, event in this uh, first episode is that they need to pull off a dinner to impress uh, the the boss of the company where the vision works. Uh, processing data. He's not actually sure what they actually accomplish with processing any of yeah. this data. Um, you know, but hijinks ensue, they, they use their powers, um, and the, uh, the boss chokes, 
um, and the vision has to sort of reach into him with his ability and, um, you know, keep him from choking. So what did you think about the, the dinner and how all of that stuff went down? You go ahead, Joe. I mean, funny you brought that up because that was the one part where it felt as if that, I, I mean, the question I think want to be is like, is vision alive? Is this a, a memory of vision? You know, where is he in that? And like, what happened during that scene, right? He, he could have, he sort of wasn't independent. He needed at that moment to have Wanda tell him what to do. Yeah. Just to mm. save him. And I, I, I yeah. just thought like, what was the, the thought behind that? And she had that, that look in her eyes where she's not all there or there's like, there's another layer to this. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was an interesting scene. I think Matt hit the nail on the head that the fact that he that she had to tell him to save him is going to come back in some capacity. Yeah, it yeah, seems that, like well, that that happens at least once in the next episode too, where she has to she has to do something to sort of either snap him out of reality or bring him into some sort of reality. Yeah, it seems like she's not fully aware of what's going on, but she sort of gets glimpses or um, deduces that things are not right or that this is the time to step in to use their powers more more than more than the vision does yeah and there's some questions and when, when we get into the review of the second episode as to whether or not she is fully aware of what's going on i think the the first episode sort of again puts us in the shoes of both characters being confused as to what's happening like you know wanda and vision both don't know the significance of the day you know and mm-hmm. that seems to be a consistent mystery as to what it means. Um, and um, it, it also leads to like the funniest joke where Wanda is like, I can, what is it? I can, uh, I can lift a, I can lift a pen with my mind and you can move fast as fast as the speed of sound. We don't need to abbreviate things more or something <laughs> like that. It's hilarious. <laughs> like <laughs> um, uh, the, but yeah, the, it did bring it back to sort of what you brought about, brought up Matt about the, you know, putting us in the place of both characters. The, the, the first episode kind of tricks us into this sort of thinking that there's this sort of uh, like larger, like maybe agency sort of controlling both Wanda and Vision or at least Wanda. And that's sort of what we sort of leave off on, especially since like I, the significance of the episode's title is really great because the sort of stinger at the end is someone watching the show in like some like uh, 1984-esque like observation room. And like, there's like a, isn't it like, the, like a black gloved person like clicks like, their TV. So it is like a live audience is watching it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's a very big brother moment at the end rather than 1984, that's a better analogy. Yeah. And uh, I think we also, that might, well, that's, is that the first time we see the, the sword logo on the, um, on the on the bi- or on the little notebook when he flips it over or the, or the oh. person that's watching it i don't know if it's a man or a woman i didn't notice that is that is that what it is yes on, on the on, first episode on the notebook when he sort of closes up to like finish him or her closes up to finish their notes there's a there's a sword logo on top of the 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 little sort of moleskin notebook oh i missed that because i didn't see the sword logo until the second episode Okay. Yeah. Or I was convinced that it was like Hydra or Shield because of the the Stark Industries um toaster ad. Yeah. There. So yeah. Do you want to talk? We could talk a little bit about the commercials before we move to two. We get the Stark um, ad, and then is it Hydra? Is it Hydra? Is it soap or is it? Or, it's on the watch. The the Hydra is on one of the watch. Yes. Yeah. The Baron yeah, von Strucker, Strucker watch. Yes. Yeah, because he sucks time out of people and the the sound effects of the toaster are all the iron man sound effects um like it when it like when it goes down it makes like the repulsor sounds and like it makes like the clicks that um iron man's armor makes when it's nice. working which is great oh okay so so the, it seems like just sort of thinking back through the the big reveal here is the the sort of post credit sequences that we see the, that somebody's watching them and, and taking notes and uh, we we see the sword logo on uh, on the on the on the moleskin notebook and I think they've actually changed what sword means in the cinematic universe than it does in the books I okay. think that I think the W is 
uh, weapon and it's not war uh, world and and in the universe. So they could sort of have more sort of offensive or sinister capabilities. Is it going to be because in Sword in the comics, you guys have to refresh my memory. Is Sword like the combination of like Hydra and AIM and Shield? Is that what Sword is? Yeah. No. I, I think I remember like Sword was more meant towards like I was like a yeah, shield, but meant to deal more with like aliens. Yeah, that's correct. It's more of an off-world okay. sort of uh, sister agency to to Shield in in the books. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. do you think this ties into like the ending of Far From Home? Like, is where Nick Fury is at the end of Far From Home? Is he on a sword base, or is he in a shield base at the end? Like when he's with like the scrolls and stuff. I thought he's on scroll. I thought he's on a scroll ship or something. I, I, okay. I don't, recall, I don't recall that though. I, I remember he was with the scrolls, but I don't know. Um, that's a good. That's a good point. Now, now I, I, I don't know. Now yeah, yeah. It, now it could be a sword base though. It, it could make sense that um, sword would be aware of the sort of scroll invasion. Um, and then sort of, because the way Captain Marvel ended, and I guess here's a, a spoiler uh, for Captain Marvel, is that um, there, there's a certain amount of sort of refugees from the, the scroll um, race that's uh, sort of incorporated in and, and is working with humankind. So um, S.W.O.R.D. could be sort of using, you know, their ability to, to get them to wherever they need to get Fury. I mean, also yeah. like other other spoilers. I mean, they announced Secret Evasion as as, a, as a, some sort of a show that's coming out too. Yeah. So oh, like, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 that I think they announced like two weeks ago. So like all that's kind of on the table, I think, which might be a deeper dive even for one of these podcasts. But kind of like what this is leading to and everything else. Yeah. Man, that'll be awesome. So okay, so let's uh, let's move on to two. Um, two is we get a couple of more spoilers, but sort of the main crux of the episode is the uh, the talent show and impressing the uh, the lady who's sort of the the head honcho of uh, the the homeowners association in in town. Um, it's very comical. Um, do you know what the only two things to defeat the the vision are? There's a, there's a bubble gum and uh, what? It's Thanos and a stick of bubble gum. Those are the only two things that have defeated. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess the end Wanda too, because Wanda killed him first. And then Thanos. True. Yeah. So the three things. Yeah. Right. So Joe, what are your thoughts about sort of the the second episode? Uh, you know, it it sort of stays in that black and white time frame. We get a couple of uh, colored images. I think the we see the blood on the on the lady's hand. Uh, the the helicopter that falls is 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 red and white. But what were your thoughts of uh, episode two here? I mean, again, I thought it was. I thought I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. Um, again. Getting back to my first point, you know, like it's no surprise that the three of the three of us like it. I think a little bit risky for like the common fan because, like, again, there's not your traditional action or anything else like that. Um, you know, for me, I'm just like, hey, I I'm along for the ride, so this is more setup. I'm fine with it. Um, I, I think risky as far as that kind of stuff goes from, from a delivery standpoint, but I thought I thought it was well done. I, you know, now that we're on it, I I didn't read anything or any kind of spoilers on the. What the helicopter represented, it was like Iron Man's traditional colors, but that's kind of pretty much yeah. popped in my head. But I had no idea what that what what that meant. Or I have already. a theory. Yeah, but if you're done, Joe, I have a theory about that. Okay. Uh, yeah, but if you have any other more thoughts, don't let me know. No, that's that's that was really it. I was like, that's kind of my want to see what you guys thought about the helicopter. So in Ultron, part of Age of Ultron, the movie, part of what important to both Wanda and Pietro's uh, origin story is that when they were kids, a Stark industry missile landed in their home and like, like fell from the sky. Like they talk about that and they waited for Tony Stark to kill them. So like something that like what had Tony Stark written on it landed and they basically found it and waited for it to kill them. So I thought of like something falling from the sky and having Iron Man's like like colors like might be sort of a callback to that that's a very like specific thing but like i'm 
I'm wondering if this might be tied to this is sort of where I'm thinking maybe it is tied to sort of what was in like Far From Home as a like a huge plot thing was that who's going to take over Stark Industries and like or Stark's power now that he's gone. Mm-hmm. So if like Sword is by some way trying to get like weaponized Wanda so that they can be the head of the arms race or something like that going forward. Um, that was sort of an I that was some like a theory that I might have and that might be what into that um that helicopter sort of falling from the sky uh but there's also one other thing that i wanted to ask you guys about and maybe i'm jumping into it too much um but the voice over the radio in that episode like uh, calling out to wanda sounds an awful lot like evan peters so do you guys think he's here as quicksilver or do you think he's as a new character um yeah i i think that i think that that i think that's going to be the case um i think he's going to be quicksilver yeah i guess maybe this is a mild spoiler for things that might come but i think he's listed in the imdb uh crass credits oh really okay wow there's a ton of spoilers about um I mean, I hope you don't mind us with Matt going off on this tangent, but there are a ton of spoilers out there about um, Fox, you know, X-Men world characters starting to cross over. And, and I read a ton of stuff today about that. Uh, uh, not Evan Peters, but about how they want to introduce them overall. Some of these characters are going to be in the MCU. So mm-hmm. I guess in that, in that, in that parlance, then it makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm going, I'm going to be interested to see how they introduce him, especially I think it is interesting to view this. And are you guys caught up on the Mandalorian? Yes. Yeah. So spoiler alert for Mandalorian right now, with how the Mandalorian ended, I think Disney's sort of like, yeah, you know what, all the gloves are off as far as who we introduce and what, you know, that kind of thing. Like who we put in whatever our shows are. You know, like no one is really like, and Marvel's been the one to be like the more riskier franchise, you know, with what it does. And um, so I'll be interested to see how they introduce Evan Peters. If it's going to be like how they introduced the character at the end of the last season of Mandalorian, or if it's going to be something that a little more like uh, nuanced and interesting, that'll be sort of unpredictable and not what we expected at all. Um, I'm just really excited to see what they're going to do with that. And uh yeah, so far it seems to be like they really care about building this mystery. For sure. Um, so the, uh, I guess sort of the big mystery element of, of two was uh, sort of as we get towards the end of the episode, um, Wanda and Vision are sitting on the couch and they notice that uh, she's pregnant, but then there's sort of like a rumble or some noises outside they go out to, to see what's going on. And the guy in the beekeeper suit comes out of the, the sewer uh, covered in bees, but he also has a, uh, a sword logo on the back of his uh, beekeeper's outfit. what do you guys think about uh, what that was or what that could possibly mean? Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, good on you, because I didn't notice the sword logo that time. <laughs> so I didn't even know that he had that on, on him. I did see it on the, on, like you said earlier, on the notebook. Um, yeah, here's the thing. I really, you know, we're talking about what we read on the internet and different spoilers. I read about seven different possibilities of who people might think it is. Um, and I really, you know, I'm at a loss for that. I, I couldn't add to who I really think it is at this point. Could it be Yellow Jacket? Because he's dead. Could that be a Yellow Jacket, uh, you know, Easter egg? Like, like that, that guy who worked for him like Hank Pym Industries if he somehow found a way like he didn't die he actually just got trapped in the quantum realm and then was able to get out and uh maybe he's like somehow involved in store in, in sword and maybe he's one of the villains that's an I, idea I guess yeah that uh, that that's interesting um, I'm wondering if there's only, like if the the easiest ways are the sort of the the ways that you're sort of able to enter this this reality are from above and below because the helicopter came oh yeah the helicopter presumably dropped from the sky 
this individual comes from from you know out of the sewer so like i'm wondering if um he was coming through and he had sort of more of a tactical like suit on but then when he comes up in sort of that uh late 50s early 60s sort of time frame he's just sort of represented um in a beekeeper suit because it's it's the closest looking thing to to maybe what a hazmat suit or some sort of tactical suit would look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, um, I thought that's like yeah, like basically it being like rewriting reality as you enter into the world. Um, yeah, that's that's a cool theory. So, so we talked about like this, this episode, it's, it's very comical with how they, they use their powers to sort of pull off uh, the tricks. I think one of the other mystery elements of this is, is Geraldine who doesn't seem yeah. to, and in this episode, she doesn't seem to know um, what she's doing here, much like um, the vision and Wanda uh, do. What, what are your thoughts on Geraldine and um, what role she might play? I, so is there, okay, cause like this is the hard part about watching the third episode because mm-hmm. there's a huge reveal in the third episode as to maybe the nature of her character. True. Um, and it's like, and it's, and it might be in the second episode too. So was she wearing any jewelry in the second episode? Uh, not that, not that I noticed as much as you may have noticed in, in the third, um, in the third episode. Well, Joe, did you notice anything in the, in the second episode? I didn't, I didn't. I think, um, you know, what I noticed, I think, you know, it it was the fact that she has, she almost is in, in line with, um, like kind of what you're saying, like with Wanda, with a point where she's, she's, um, unsure about what the what 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 the current situation what's going on like you know almost you know an extension of of when wanda has those one or two moments of clarity and uncertainty at the same time she seems to be like almost a representative of that yeah yeah i i'm interested to see um what they do with that character not going into what happened in three um because that was sort of the the third character of Wanda, the vision in Geraldine that sort of here and there recognized that things, things were not right or was questioning what was going on. Um, was there a, uh, I'm trying to think, was there a post-credit thing um, at the end of, uh, at the end of two? I think it was just the beekeeper. And then her, she changes the, the environment to the seventies. Uh, like the early 70s era sitcom at the end. Very true. And also what we see is that um, she has sort of the ability to sort of manipulate the the timeline because she goes out with, um, she goes out with vision and she sees this thing and she says no. And she sort of reverses the timeline so that they can go back to the couch and have sort of that happy moment of realizing that she's pregnant. So she, she uh when she gets these glimpses she also is going to have the ability to sort of shift it looks like she's going to have the ability to sort of do these minor time shifts back yeah so she's basically being now now her power set is much more in line with what she was in the comic at least i don't know again like i joe would know about and and matt you guys would know about like the classic era comics about what her power set were but all i know are like the 2000 stuff like the like you know house of m kind of stuff so i know that she's like a reality manipulator mm-hmm. and that was kind of touched on a little bit in age of ultron but it was more like a psychological manipulation but now it's like i think they're definitely establishing that she can actually manipulate the physical world um not just a like the mental world for people i think I mean, I think it's kind of funny you say House of M, though, because then we come back to full circle about them introducing mutants and yeah, and just that that uh, that time frame, which like maybe is a, a broader picture. And I don't, you know, that we talk about like when we talk about the, the combination of just traditional 
overall Marvel Universe, MCU, and Fox, like Evan Peters, right, is that, you know, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are Magneto's children, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, is, are, are they eventually going down that route as well, right, to, to, some, to some capacity to try to get to, yeah. the, you know, the traditional Marvel Universe? I, I mean, I wonder that, you know, even when you that, – I got to think about that even after you brought up, like, Evan Peters and everything else. So yeah, I, I want to uh, move it. I want to move into some predictions here in a little bit. But um, we, we've talked about a lot of the the characters. Do you think the the boss at Vision's work is is anybody? I think so. Yeah. Because uh, I've seen online speculation that he's Mephisto. Oh, that would make sense. I would. I would. Uh... Yeah, I would say that either he's Mephisto or his wife is Mephisto. Because um, she was the one who was sort of like glitching out and being almost looking like very sadistic. Or, uh, no, actually, I have, a, I have a theory about another character who she is. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, Joe, do you have any thoughts on the boss? Or did you read any online speculation that you feel is safe enough to bring up? I mean, yeah, because it's all over the place, and I, and I, um, I noticed it when I watched it the second time. <laughs> and some, yeah. some pauses was the Grim Reaper, the Grim Reaper Summit. Um, oh, was one of the uh, in the grocery store, one of the uh, place somewhere in in the, like I think the, one of the credits. Um, I think maybe it was the grocery store. Is and the, is the Grim Reaper? He's got a connection to either. The vision, or does he have a connection to Wonder Man? Wonder Man's brother, and then I mean, he was in the eighties, like the early the mid eighties. He's Wonder Man's brother, and then the Wonder Man has the connection with the vision, which I'm not even sure right now. Obviously, we can find it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, which, isn't isn't the vision's body a clone of Wonder I, Man? Right, like right. I, I, so I think that with like the cosmic energy that created the vision also helped create Wonder Man or something like that. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I like the Grim Reaper angle, though. That would be that would be very interesting to to do. That's sort of a character that I could see being introduced. See, like I try not to get my hopes up too much with Marvel stuff because I was hoping in Endgame that like the X Men and Punisher and stuff like that would be coming through <laughs> the portals and stuff like that. So I try to always just sort of expect sort of like the bare minimum. And not to insult the Grim Reaper, but he is sort of like a C-list character in the Marvel Universe. So, yeah, like, I would, yeah. I wouldn't like, I, I could see that being like a non-risky move and sort of typical for what Marvel would do as far as introducing a character goes. And I think he has ties to Hydra in the comics as well. Nice. Um, yeah. Which, 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 which makes sense. So that that, that that's it was just. Um, and, and I even had an outside shot that maybe the that Beekeeper was. Only because of the helmet, but then I thought that was a little bit of a stretch as well. Uh, that was, um, that that's like probably the one prediction. I, yeah, I, I kind of like that though with the connection of the being the clone of his his brother's body. I don't know if he has some sort of revenge he wants to take on them, sort of manipulating his brother or anything like that. Um, so I think the, the the other character that the most speculation might be on is is the neighbor. Um, I don't recall what her name is, but she's sort of the the nosy neighbor that that pops in like all the time inconveniently. Uh, Noah, it seems like you have some thoughts on who that might be. I don't have any actually. No, she's not the one I have any thoughts on. I okay. know there are people who have some like I, I've. She's the one that I have seen people speculate about. Um, but I can't remember the character that everybody thinks she is. Joe might know off the top of his head because there is like a large. People do think they know who she is, right, Joe? Yeah, and I did. I, I did read some things. I think uh, along the lines that you're saying, though, that she might just be someone to the fact that she seems like not along with like um almost independent of, of like of like what Wanda's doing and Wanda's thoughts and everything else. That that kind of makes sense. I'm trying to word it. Whereas she is her own being, who who does not affected by by Wanda's pauses and everything else, that she has some like she that she's her own separate entity, much like um, the boss's wife, which you guys mentioned earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, it, or I is, think 
I have I have a theory about the the woman who ran the like neighborhood women's meeting. Okay, I'd like to hear that. I think she's a mutant of some sort because she keeps like, you know, getting the mantra of like for the children, that kind of thing going. So like I think she's some kind of reality warping mutant herself. Um and the for the children thing sounds like something an X Men bad guy would say a lot, right? You know, like like the obsession with like future generations and stuff. And like the uh, children of the atom type thing. Yeah, children of the atom. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of actually. Yeah. Doesn't Magneto have another daughter, Polaris? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that I was thinking. I was thinking something like that, or something like uh, White Witch, um, Emma Frost, or someone like that. Yeah, that or, that that could that that would be good. I mean, I guess the common theme, yeah. which, right, is like that they're going to introduce mutants, like which is going to happen, right? We all know that's going to happen. Yeah. Like, is is this really, um, the you know, are they going to use the Scarlet Witch as as the as the the person to introduce the, the mutants to the to the um, which in itself would be huge, right, to the um, MCU. Yeah. Yeah. So and the big thing too here. Oh yes, I keep going. No, back. no, Sorry. please, uh, no, go ahead. And I think it would make sense that maybe either, like, I would think that, like, um, White Witch, like, that's her name, is the is it the White Witch or the White, White Queen? That's, White that's Queen. White, White Queen, Queen, Queen is, is Emma Frost. Yeah, not White Witch. The White Queen. Because she's like, she's like a psychic, uh, telekinetic, that kind of thing, and would be able to, like, she's not, is she Omega level? I can't remember. Um, I know Wanda's Omega level, right? Uh, and, uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like sort of her her telekinesis powers are almost uh, to par with like Xavier. So I wouldn't see that uh, you know that she wouldn't be if not Omega, not she would she would have to be really high. Yeah, so I maybe this is more just hope that she's Emma Frost, the the lady running it, um, and then that like Catherine Hahn's character might be some mutant that's sort of more related to like Xavier. So if you have, you know, Magneto versus Xavier going on, but it's just like, you know, the two, the two characters, cause like Catherine Hahn's character doesn't get along with the, the lady who runs the neighborhood, like women's thing. So I like, I'm, I'm almost interested to see if like, there are three parties at play with trying to get Wanda's power. There's sword, there's the Brotherhood of Mutants, and then there's the X-Men. And then here's the thing, though, is that I think, like, as far as, like, what this is, uh, this will, I'll be interested in what you guys' thoughts on this as well, but the sort of reality that it's taking place in, I think, is a parallel universe, like a multiverse reality. And if it's, like, some kind of convergence point between multiple different realities, then you could explain why there aren't any mutants in the MCU, like Earth, whatever, I think, I don't know if it's like Earth, is it Earth 616 um, that like the MCU takes place in? Yes, that's the main, that's the main yeah. Marvel universe. So like that, why there haven't been mutants there right now, but like the power might be like touching other alternate reality, like alternate dimensions. And so there's like a convergence between like maybe the sword is in one reality you know the the mutants are in another reality and then maybe we'll have like 616 also going to be bumping into us as well you know like that's sort of a theory i have is like you know kind of like a um hickman uh secret wars kind of thing you know where you have like three earths converging on each other kind of stuff yeah um that's a theory i have but what are your guys yeah you, what are your guys thoughts well i um I always go with, you know, when anybody thinks about introducing the mutants, the other thing we have to introduce is the the FF at some point. And somebody yeah. who would play around with pocket universes or holding people in pocket universe would be Reed Richards. Mm. So, like, I don't now know. You're sounding like me. Jeez, I'm usually, you're usually the one with the <laughs> X-Men fan stuff. I'm the one who's always hoping for a Fantastic Four. Yeah. So, um, so the one question I wanted to ask you guys is, 
And one thing that's probably theorized online, but it's not very clear. We know this is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but where does this fall in the timeline? Uh, wh what do you guys think? I mean, I think it's both. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, so, oh. No, I was going to actually, I was just about to tell you, Joe, to go. <laughs> so okay. Go <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely post um, uh, Endgame. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, a couple reasons. I think, and not to answer your question with a question, I think it's post Endgame. And then I was going to maybe ask this, maybe I'll ask this now. Like, and if it is that, simple question, do you guys think Vision's alive? Like, I, I think that's like, <laughs> you know, one of the main questions as well like you know that will be ended with him being dead <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i i think it i i agree i think it is post end game and, and matt do you think so too well what well what you could do in something that we referenced earlier was was house of m and that's basically the scarlet witch sort of having a sort of a a psychic breakdown mental breakdown so with the events of uh, Endgame and Infinity War, where she she lost the vision, could she sort of have like a like a psychic break? And with her with her her abilities and her her powers, if she's not in control of them, did they did they did they put her in here to try to to contain her until they can figure out? Um, a way to get her to calm down or to get her powers um, in check. And this is her dealing with that, uh, dealing with the loss of the vision. And she's in it. It's just sort of a weird coping mechanism that she's, that she's having, that she's sort of envisioning this, um, you know, family life that she could have had with the vision if he wasn't killed by Thanos, you know? So like, I'm wondering if that's the case. Yeah, and uh, one thing I've thought about, and I think this is sort of my prediction for how this show's going to go thematically, is that this is going to be, like the lesson learned in this show is going to be about uh, Wanda dealing with the grief of losing vision. So mm -hmm. I think, I think this is like I, I my my overall prediction is that this was like some people in this are real and vision is not, you know, like either he's just like the dead body, you know, and she's sort of like Norman basing him, that kind of thing, like basically keeping him alive in her mind. And once she lets go of this reality, she's going to have to let go of him and move on. Mm hmm. That's sort of my prediction of how this show is going to go. I hope that doesn't ruin the journey for people, but I don't think it will because the show is much better than me predicting it. So like it's, yeah, like it's, it's, uh, I, I really feel like that's where it's going to go. And that's sort of what, what in the end we're going to do it. So I do think Vision is dead. Um, and I do think it's post end game, but yeah, Joe, what, what are your predictions? Yeah. I, you know, it, it's funny. Cause like, I honestly, when I try to predict it, I kind of try to look at the movie slate of like what's coming down the pike and how could they connect with just what we know, what's happened in the past, and just what you read online, like casting calls and stuff, without being spoiler, pre-spoiler, whatever. I think I think you're kind of, I think you're both on cue only because coming down the pike is Doctor Strange and what's I think the multiverse of madness and everything else, which like kind of ties into kind of all this right alternate alter, alternate timeline alternate universe um different earths combining getting getting the mute getting the mutants um into the mcu somehow um and like i, I kind of think that i think i think you're, you're both right in that theory but how i think it's, it's going to be a link to that somehow it, the, the, that doctor strange multiverse and this is going to link somehow with with all those things combined does that make sense yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, so I have I have a sort of far off, or not far off, but I have a, a, a wild prediction um, that would be very bold, but I don't think they would do this. Um, at the end of House of M, uh, the Scarlet Witch whispers, no more mutants. 
and that sort of caps the the number of mutants that are that are in the world at that time it's it's 198 um eventually more mutants are born but do you think that they'll play around with her losing sort of like if she realizes or some folks come to her and she sort of realizes that there are mutants would she would she do like a a, a no more mutants i think she would do a like more mutants that kind of thing or like i don't know uh I mean, it doesn't make sense. Think... It doesn't make sense for a business standpoint to 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 acquire all those properties and not to be able to grow them. I just think that um... what a ballsy move, though, to be like like show <laughs> every ding dang uh, X Men character at the end of the of the show. Like you get everybody coming in, they all do like a roll call. They have Keanu like, walk yeah, no out. <laughs> they have Keanu yeah. walk out as Wolverine and snick his claws, yeah. and then she's like, "No more mutants," and then he just like disappears. Yeah, and then just watch all of fanboys cry. Like that's what like Disney's trying to do. They're like, how do we kick a bunch of fanboys in the nuts? At the same time? <laughs> they like, and then like, and then rip up their comic books at the would, same time too. Would they would they pay yeah. Holly Berry Holly Berry for one day to be Storm? And this era, you're, yeah. you're done. Thanks for thanks for thanks for showing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um, so we we did the predictions. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with I I mean I still think that this is some sort of way to sort of keep her power set in check as she sort of deals with um, the 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 loss and the sort of you know her the love of her life being you know sort of crushed by Thanos in, in front of her because um, I don't remember that she well no she was sort of helping them fight in 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 Endgame a lot um, so. But I mean, that might have just been the adrenaline. And then once all of that stuff happens, she sort of has a moment to sit down and reflect. And that's when it really hits her. If she kicks the crap well, I think, Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the thing, and the thing about like one of the, the key themes in Civil War was uh, Vision encouraging her to control her powers and um, being sort of that person that would support her and um, always saw the best in her, despite what everybody, uh, everyone else being afraid of her. And, uh, you know, he would like, you know, he encouraged her not to be what they want her to be, which is like the scary mutant, basically. And, uh, and then I'm guessing when she lost him, she maybe lost a little bit of that support or a lot of that support. So if she was depending on him to be that person that would keep her in check, and her powers in check and she lost that thing that she was dependent on you know she's been if she's gonna have to find out by the end of the show how to control her powers without vision mm-hmm. basically how to live life without vision um going forward yeah uh so joe uh do you have any any final thoughts or any thoughts on the the whole episode in in general or uh, the whole first two episodes in general I mean, I think we kind of hit on most of the points. Um, I have to say I'm looking forward to, obviously, I'll watch three tonight and be caught up for next week. And then, uh, I honestly, um, I, I'm going back to keep on going back to what Noah said about uh, Evan Peters coming back as Quicksilver. That, that's really gotten my mind kind of going different directions now. That really is the case, because I think that's going to be a pretty bold move in the Marvel Universe. Nice. So let's uh, let's make a plan. Um, maybe we'll come back after four is done and, and do a recap and see if we were any closer with our predictions or anything. Um, so do we know, is the next show, the, the Sam and uh, Bucky sort of Captain America Winter Soldier team up? Is that the, the that next? That is the next show. Yeah. 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 That starts like one week after this show ends. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I would expect that that one's going to be more of a straight up sort of action adventure with, with those two. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that that's the case? Yeah, it looks like it. The, the, from the trailer for that show, it looks like John Wick level, you know, or at least like Winter Soldier level action sequences in every episode. It'll be more on par with like The Mandalorian or something like that. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited for that. Um, that 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 should be good. There's there's a lot they could do. I'm trying to think of anybody that they might introduce in that. I mean, we've already had Crossbones. 
I don't know who else we who else we could get in that as as they're as a introducing um, U.S. Agent in the next in that show. Oh, and, nice. Um, Zemo's come. Zemo, of course, is back. Zemo come back for that. And uh, the did you guys know who the 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 female villain is in the trailer? Like with the mask. Is is it, um, is it like halfway gold? Is it a gold see, mask? Let me look it up. Because it might be Madam Mask. She's more of an Iron Man villain, but. Let me see. Um, um, in the trailer, it's like a young. It's it's the woman. It's the actor from uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, um, who played like Enfys Nest. Oh, okay. And let me see who that person is playing. Oh, they don't have it down. Who that person? Who she's playing? Oh, I wonder if it would be. You know, it would be really bonkers if they brought in like the Serpent Society and we had like people that were like. Uh, half human half snakes and like uh they had to fight them she's definitely super powerful yeah awesome all right well uh that was a that was a lot of fun recapping those um i i really enjoyed those i think what this podcast or this review might have shown is that there is like a there's like two levels of enjoyment that you could have from this show there's just sitting down and watching it i mean i'm watching it with uh with a 13 year old and a 10 year old that do not have, you know, short boxes of, of comics sitting next to them and this, you know, encyclopedic knowledge that's not going to do me any good in the real world. But uh, there's that stuff for me, but there's also just sort of, they know the movies and and they know these characters and they'll enjoy it. Um, So I, I think that this is, I think it works on multiple levels. Me too. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, if any, if anybody doesn't have anything else, we're just going to bring this to a close. Everybody good? Nope. I'm looking forward to more. And uh, thank you very much for having me again. I appreciate it. Awesome. So if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the, uh, the podcast on social media, Twitter is at construct com pod. Instagram is constructing comics pod. Facebook is constructing comics um, also, while we're on the calls to action, um, just recently announced in previews is uh, Paranormal Hitman 3, um, and that's going to have a short story in it uh, called Great Caesar's Ghost. I, I wrote that as two pages, and that has art by uh, Ertan Sehan, who I've worked with on a couple of other comics. So I'm going to put a link to that previews page in the show notes, but I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some stuff. Goodbye.